dedicated to the Premier League, the A-League and more. Today on the show, Hakim Ziyech's bag of tricks keeps Burnley buried at the bottom of the table. Diego Jota ghosts off the bench and treats Liverpool to another clutch goal. A few clubs are getting a fright in the Champions League group stage, but nothing looks quite as spooky as the Premier League table after seven match days. I'm Colby uh, and I'm joined today, back from the dead, aka Moving House, is Jesse Farmer. Bit of freedom this weekend, mate. How are you going? Yeah, mate, it's it's been fantastic to actually get out of the house and uh, have a coffee and some food and catch up with friends. So, um, as you know, it's 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 only been a few days. So, long may it continue. And uh, back in the house of horrors, aka London, staring down the barrel of another lockdown. Uh, we've got George. Uh, you've just come from a, a quarantine and and now back into lockdown. How, how's it all going, mate? Um, yeah, so has it hasn't been the best week because. I'm officially finishing my quarantine today and London's going into lockdown, I think, on Thursday. So I'm going to really make the most of this uh, next four days, I think. And make hey, <laughs> get, get to the pubs while you can. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Stock up stock up on toilet paper, stock up on beers and um, yeah. you know, happy days. I know, we, we all know the drill now, so. You know the drill, that's right. Hopefully it'll only be a month. Just to clarify, we don't condone uh, stockpiling TP on this pod. But, um, <laughs> just, just, just six packs and twelve packs, please. No panic buying. Six packs no and twelve buying. packs. Uh, if you can find a glitch in uh, some online liquor store retailers' websites uh, to keep beer, more power to you. Uh, and if you're listening to this on the podcast version and want to hear our match reviews sooner, then head over to our YouTube page and subscribe. Uh, and we've linked that in the podcast notes. Otherwise, you can follow us on social media where we'll post links to the live shows before they happen, um, which is generally about a day or two before the pod gets uploaded. Um, boys, uh, what stood out to you this week, moments of the week? Uh, I'm, I'm going to, uh, to Spain for mine and um, the, the return of uh, Eden Hazard, uh, fighting fit, scored, scored a cracking goal for them in their win um, overnight, boys. Uh, long distance goal, sharp turn. He's he's looking good. I think he's he's lost a bit of that puppy fat that he had, had he had over the summer, and uh, it's good to see him back on the pitch. Do do we know if uh, in addition to the puppy fat um, that was on the front of FIFA twenty, um, if he's managed to get rid of that monobrow that he also had on the front of FIFA twenty? <laughs> uh, just wanted you want to take some tweezers to it and just pluck a few out there. He just let he just let himself go last year, Jesse. But I think I think this is this is the year for him. So so watch out, watch out. Yeah, I reckon ungroomed un- Hazard is is um is a lot better than groomed Hazard. Like when he I think when he tries too hard, that's when when the football starts to go out the window. Yeah, stick to what you're good at, eating and 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 banging goals in. And what uh, Jesse this this weekend? What stood out to you? It's it's awfully predictable, but um, I'm going to go to Nat Phillips for Liverpool, get him out of the match. Um, fifth, sixth, seventh choice centre back um, against a very physical West Ham team, and and he really held his own. And uh, I know it wasn't a clean sheet, um, but arguably the goal wasn't uh, his fault. So um, he's actually done a really good job for uh, for his first stand in Premier League match. So um, congrats to him. I was also going to uh, special mention to Ziyech because I've been watching him closely 
hoping to get back to full fitness and start to show us what he's made of, obviously having seen him perform for Ajax. And um, yeah, he's just, I mean, after seeing some of the momentum beginning in the Champions League during the week, he's uh, hes up and running, well and truly up and running now. So it's good to yeah, see. Yeah, he's made a big difference. You can you can just that, just that little bit of uh, quality as well because uh, Pulisic got injured in the warm-up, so he kind of sort of stepped up from a creative perspective. So yeah, he's looking good. Plenty of people saying he's, he's giving Chelsea's the edge. Uh, so, yeah, plenty, plenty more chat about Hakim later on the show, boys. This week for me, moment of the week has to be uh, Awamabil uh, starting at Anfield in the Champions League for Michelin. Pretty routine win for, for Liverpool over uh, Mabil's uh, Michelin. But um, what a moment. What a moment for uh, an Aussie. 25-year-old born in a Kenyan refugee camp, um, developed his football in Adelaide and now, um, you know, playing in the Champions League. Uh, although, yeah, his, his team's probably not going to pick up too many points. Um, it's just just so good to, to see. Um, the only thing that, that took away from it slightly was the commentators kept calling him our marble. Um, so, yeah, they, they just need a few, few pronunciation tips there. But other than that, thrilled for him. How did he um, go, Colby? I didn't actually see the game. Did he, he, did played he give, he okay. give Robbo a run for his money? Or <laughs> He seemed to be getting marked by Minamino all the time. Minamino was just all over him, so... Gave a, a man marking brief. Yeah, just, just man. Uh, but I mean, none of the none of the Michelin players really sort of, you know, did any, you know, shot the lights down at all. So, but uh, yeah, he wasn't it wasn't bad. But speaking of bad, uh, George, while we're with you, um, what was your own goal for this week? Going to the, the Champions League, boys, and, and the big game between um, Barcelona and uh, Juventus, and and just uh, ex Chelsea striker, ex. Uh, Real Madrid striker uh, Alvaro Morata just couldn't couldn't take a trick with the three goals pulled for offside VAR and all all marginal as well. So uh, they they ended up losing the game uh, two zip I think it was and and um, yeah three three VAR goals and and uh, you know in a big game like that it's, it's pretty crazy. I don't think I've, I've since VAR's come in had had one guy uh, cancelled out three goals for himself. So. Uh, yeah, be pretty unlucky, pretty bad day for him at the office, but at least he's getting the chances. So that, 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 that's that's one thing. But yeah, pretty pretty bad day for old mate Alvaro. Jesse, as, as a man who um, spends a lot of his playing time in Sunday League, um, you know, camped out in an offside position. Uh, how, what do you think the um, the impact on your on your game of VAR would be? Well, I mean, one of the, the ones I enjoyed particularly um, uh, of Morata was when he ran around behind the guy um, and and put it in the net, knowing well, you know, full well that it was actually physically impossible to be on site <laughs> for that goal. Yeah. Um, but he couldn't help himself and he buried it in the net. And, and you know, if, he, if he hadn't have done it, then, you know, maybe he would have saved himself the heartache. Well, that's, um, they have to do that now. Um, that's the directive to the players um, is is to put put the ball in the back of the net, even if they know they're offside. And um, and the, the directive to the um, the officials is to keep the flag down until the, the player becomes active in the play. But um, so yeah, I, I guess the player just keeps going no matter what. He's just no just matter what. The rules, boys. As long uh, as the celebrations are as intense uh, every time. That, that's because <laughs> I I do like to see that disappointment when they when when the goal is cancelled, especially when it's not your team. Uh, Jesse, what about yourself, mate? I couldn't find an own goal on the field or off the field in football, so I thought I'd just re- reference the um, the tight dinner we had on Friday night um, <laughs> where we basically didn't get served for two and a half hours and um, at one point it looked like the restaurant staff had just given up. 
um, and people started serving themselves from behind the bar and grabbing wine glasses and sort of, you know, it became a bit of a BYO everything. So um, shout out to uh, Thai restaurants getting overrun with people. Under new management. Uh, <laughs> my, my own goal, that's a good segue, Jesse, because my own goal um, has to do with, um, with the EFL trophy being under new management in sponsorship terms. Uh, it's the Papa John's trophy, as it's now known. Oh, um, wow. Sounds a bit like your uncle's old Div 4 futsal runners-up trophy just collecting dust in the, in the spare room. So this is this is the EFL's first foray into um, food sponsorship. Before that, they were they were very tradie focused boys. They've had, as you might know, the, the leasing.com trophy, <laughs> check a trade trophy. Check a trade, yeah. The Johnson's Paint Trophy, LDV Vans trophy, and my personal favorite, the Auto Windscreens Shield. To be fair though, Papa John's can still be an Italian construction agency. <laughs> um I, I mean I would have liked to see the Kazoo Cup. Kazoo Cup would be yeah, bad, but yeah. they're, they're getting around. So, I mean, why not just sponsor one more thing or, or the Copper Avis or maybe even the Hertz Jug? <laughs> could have been could have been a good shout, I think, just continuing the theme. We live, we live on, uh, just, just as an aside, we live on top of a, a Papa John's here in, in London. So I might go down and, and speak to the staff and see, see if they're excited about the, the new sponsorship. Probably, see if probably wouldn't. Tickets, George. Free tickets yeah, for the pizza, surely. I wouldn't be eating a pizza from there, but I'll, I'll try. I'll, 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 I'll suss out the ticket situation. All right. And before we get on to the, uh, the, the match reviews uh, in match day seven of the Premier League today, boys, um, there, there's, been, there's been plenty going on in only the seven match days that we've had so far. After, after that, the table, as you can see, still looks pretty unusual. And so we've got a few, quest, few listener questions in relation to it. First one is from Saltalk Soccer on Twitter asking, will the Premier League have any top six teams in the top six this season? Currently, only Liverpool and Chelsea feature in the, in the top six from the, from the traditional big six. What do you think, boys? I think the, uh, the, the, the big thing that is people are taking into consideration this, this season, of course, is because of the lag from last season, the, the games are so condensed. And you, just when you thought the games couldn't get any more condensed, and somehow they are. Um, and that's meaning that people are referring to November as the new December and yeah. December as still December. So you've basically got a double Christmas period. Um, and that's got to have an impact on uh, all teams, but especially European teams. Um, I, don't, I don't envy the Euro- Europa League clubs on a Thursday night. Um, but this is actually going to play into the hands of teams that don't have to do that. If, you, if you're in Aston Villa and you're up in that sort of area of the table right now, then where you usually peter off almost immediately um, maybe they will stick around for a bit longer. So it does make that top six uh, concept interesting because the top six might, some members of the traditional top six might be doing well in Europe, but they might not be in the Premier League. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. George, any early shouts for some of the traditional top six to miss out this year? Yeah, well, I, I think um, I think a, a couple, the, the, definitely that the, the bottom bottom few, I think sort of Liverpool and City will probably probably stay stay where they are in terms of their quality. Uh, unless they just get ravaged by injuries, which is, is I think, is going to play more of a, a, a part this season. You've already seen uh, the Van, how you know Liverpool have been winning, but the Van Dyke thing will will, will impact Liverpool in the long run, I think. Um, so yeah, you've, we, you've got sort of Everton at the moment, who you know don't have the distraction of, of Europe, I believe. So they're going to be one of those teams, as Jesse mentioned, um, that might might be able to sneak in there. Um, you know, Wolves have sort of strengthened their squad a little bit as well. So 
they're a chance and 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 Leicester as well who you know dropped off significantly last year um are also a chance so yeah I think it I think it could be yeah we could be going into a top eight sort of scenario boys this year yeah it's um it's still pretty wide open at the moment isn't it um and we've heard a lot of this kind of shout about Spurs but uh Lee Broxham facts also on Twitter asks can Spurs win the league pretty ambitious considering they're seventh at the moment but they've been playing some pretty good football what do we think boys not in the Europa League. <laughs> Antwerp aren't in the Premier League. Yeah, no, Spurs. you're not going to have that sort of quality. So, Spurs uh, need to prove that they can't uh, or that they can overcome these little dips that they have at critical times. That's that's still yet to be seen. I mean, we can't read into the the, the stage that we're at now. We, all, all we know is that they've got a very good squad and they should be there or thereabouts near the end of the season, but can they um, grind out the results? The Burnley result was encouraging for them because that's a game that maybe in the past that they wouldn't have won, um, but there's a long, long way to go for Spurs. They've got to hang on a bit longer than that. Yeah, if you, if you do have any questions, listeners, uh, or comments, um, hit us up at mtagpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, coming up next, Premier League Match Day 7. This is Werner, cuts it back. Abraham beginning to come alive. Oh, the goalkeeper completely wrong-footed. And ZX scores again. And keeps it well away from the goalkeeper. Oh, perfect header from Zuma. Thud, have that. Well, it's accepted. Rhys James. James. ZX. Inside Werner. to ZX. ZX. Werner onside. Werner. It's a fantastic three for Chelsea. They are ripping Burnley apart. Well, it has been a Halloween nightmare for Sean Dyche and Burnley. Lots of tricks, lots of treats from these young Chelsea players. ZX scores again, Zuma with the second, and Timo Werner with a finely taken goal. It has been a class performance from the London team. It is Burnley nil, Chelsea three. Right, boys, uh, you know George is on the pod when we're kicking off the pod with Burnley and Chelsea. So Chelsea put three past Burnley at Turf Moor. Ziyech starred in his full debut. Uh, but the headline was another clean sheet. George, uh, can Chelsea actually defend now? Um, I think they're, they're, they're – I don't know. I don't think we can answer that because we've had some, we've had some good wins against Krasnodar. We've had a good win against Burnley. But um, I think uh, – I was really surprised that Burnley didn't really go for it this whole game. So, I mean, it's it, it, it sort of – I think – yeah, I mean – you, you would have expected them to really bomb at Thiago Silva and, and, and long balls to men, you know, pressure Mendy, Wood and um, Barnes, but they, they kind of didn't actually play it at all. And they sort of just sat back and let Chelsea dictate things. So I don't think it was a, a real test for Chelsea in the end and, and also um, in the Champions League as well. But I think they, they, they're, they're looking much more solid with Thiago Silva and Mendy, um, chill well fit. And you have Azpilicueta or Reese James on, on the right. So it, it, it looks much more solid. And Kante playing in a more strictly defensive midfield role. So just, I just think... got a question question for you, uh, George, um, with Ramos and Real Madrid shooting themselves in Europe and Van Dijk out for the season. Is Kurt Zuma the best centre-back in world football? Oof. He's the best goal-scoring centre-back in, in world football. <laughs> I don't know about defensively, but uh, put him in the, put him in the opposition box. He's, he's going to probably win a header. And, and uh, yeah, it's... A, it's a nice little, um, nice little uh, release, or you know, release on the pressure when you can you can 
get your centre back up forward and, and get him scoring headers. So just on yeah, we'll take ball. it. Jumping header, but did you did you see that Burnley had a guy on each post as well? So he's not a, he's not only thumped that header past uh, past Nick Pope, but uh, both defenders who are on the posts as well. So that's that's a that's a bloody good header right there. Mm. Yeah, I and think we should just George... give him the number nine jersey. Why not? I <laughs> <laughs> think Tammy would have something to say about that, wouldn't he? Ah, well, you know, it's, Tammy's got to get some goals. Still, he's still getting on. Frank, Frank just on. looked like he just he just doubled up on on all of his attacking lineup today because he's like I, I thought that Tammy and uh, Werner were supposed to be the subs and and Mount and Habits were supposed to be the subs and and Frank's gone no I'll just play the play play both pairs just yeah. in, in a super attacking lineup. The one thing I, I'd look out for for the rest of the season is 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 Werner playing off the left with with Tammy up front because it sort of takes the pressure off Werner a little bit and you can play the ball to Tammy's feet and he can hold it up. So I think I think that might, might be something Frank will be looking at uh, you know a little a little bit more often. Do you like that though, George? Because it's it's it, you know that Werner can play there because he's a he's a good player and of course he can play in that position. But I I, I personally just I feel like you you're actually um, handicapping the team by putting Tammy there in that sort of formation it just you're not getting the best out of it and also when you've got all your best players fit I don't think Tammy gets in the side yeah you're probably right but for some games I think it, I think it's good and Werner playing up front on his own every single game twice a week it's got to be mm. taxing and, and you he, he actually was supposed to be on the bench uh to start this game so uh, I think it's something that that'll be used um sort of tactically I think going forward a bit more but uh, and then also yeah the guy's played every, nearly every minute of every game, uh, two times a week since he since he joined, basically. So he's he's going to be he's going to get gassed pretty quickly, I would have thought, because Frank doesn't usually take him off either. So yeah, I think it's it's going to be a useful little little tactic, and and against teams like Burnley, it, it worked a treat. Well, if there's one thing Chelsea have got plenty of, George, it's um, attacking options. And, and we saw that today with with Ziyech making his full uh, Premier League debut, grabbing a goal and an assist. And I read a headline uh, in the in the mirror this week. Frank Lampard confident that Hakim Ziyech can become Eden Hazard's successor. What, what do you think about this? Because I thought uh, Pulisic or Callum Hudson-Odoi or others were going to be the the successor to uh, Hazard. Well, uh, I think he's got the qualities. He's twenty. So I mean, well, let's not put, put pressure on these like 20, 20 year olds, twenty one year olds to to carry the team. You know, Ziyech is twenty seven. He's 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 at the peak of his powers. He, he looks like he's he's slotted in pretty pretty nicely. He's got experience playing in Europe. Um, he can handle it. So yeah, I mean, for the next few seasons, so give him the ball and, and let's see what he can do. I think he's world class personally. So he's he's such a Marius like player, isn't he? He can really break the lines with his with his passing and and he's he's obviously got an eye for goal. So I think he's he's uh, he's built for the Premier League. Looks like little Marius Jesse. I reckon he's got a Mario's like play to him. He's just so silky, and he's obviously left footed as well. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's got he's got a lot of lot of little tricks. Um, but why don't we why don't we talk about Burnley briefly, uh, Jesse? Bottom of the table, one point. Um, what, what's going wrong there? Is this is Chris Wood not firing, or, or what, what's happening? Whole team's not firing. I mean, I mean Barnes, who's only just recently returned, taking a shot from. Uh, a very speculative position uh, as one of the few chances of the game pretty much sums it up for Burnley. Like they're just not uh, clicking and this is not unusual for them. I mean, we, we talk about them being in a critical position pretty much every year. Um, and then somehow they pull it back in the second half of the season and, and, and are comfortably uh, out of the drop zone. So 
I think they're going to get relegated every year and they somehow pull it out of the bag. So this, this seems to be following the general and usual trends for, for Burnley. They always start pretty poorly. Yeah, I'm pretty. I'm pretty confident that Burnley can can pull it out as well. Yeah, I think. That's... I think that. I think that. And, and listening to Sean Dyche after the game, he, he was sort of saying, "Well, not not this game because they were they were awful, but um, in 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 the past few losses where they've where they've lost, you know, specifically the Spurs game, he said all the stats um, indicate that they're going to start scoring goals. They're doing everything that they they're sort of supposed to do. And and if you think back to that Spurs game, Harry Kane cleared one off the line. And, and and sort of set up that got the 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 lucky kind of goal for for Son from the corner. So otherwise, it could have gone a completely different way. So I think Burnley will be okay in the end. But yeah, as I said, that the the performance against Chelsea was really bad. Why don't we move on to marginally less bad performances, boys? Uh, Liverpool and West Ham. So Liverpool have uh, now made it a club. I think it's sixty three. 63 games uh, undefeated at Anfield, despite going that goal down early after that poor Gomez clearance. They got the job done uh, with that Salah penalty uh, and substitutes Sakiri and Jota combining for that late winner. Saltalk Soccer on Twitter asks, Jesse, uh, Liverpool barely scraping by? Uh, yeah, to some degree they are. Like, um, there's, I don't think anybody's under any illusion that they're playing, that they're playing anywhere near their capacity and... I mean, yeah, sure, the easiest way to, 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 to tackle that is to say that they're out with so many injuries and it's disruptive and all that sort of thing. But um, one, one of the things that I am encouraged by is that um, somehow they're still getting results and that's just something that we uh, associated with them last year. I don't think they actually played amazingly well for periods last year and they still managed to get results and similar results to this where they were 1-0 down. They've, they've gone 1-0 down at home uh, a remarkable amount of times in this winning run um, and basically come back just to win 2-1 or 3-1. So, um, yeah, I don't think they're playing anywhere near the, to their capacity, but, I mean, a lot of that could be um, put down to the fact that the team's um, a combination of injuries, but I also think Klopp's slowly tinkering with the formation um, and seeing how he can get Jota into this team. And, and obviously he's getting Shakiri off the bench a bit more often now too. So it seems like it, it could almost be a strategic thing too, that they're just adjusting to a new strategy. Yeah. Um, do any of us think that was a penalty? I'm not going to, I'm not going to deny that. It, I'm not going to deny that it's, it's, uh, it's ugly when players throw themselves to the ground and I, and I'm not that one eyed that I'll, um, that I'll think that's a good thing. Um, I, I don't like that from any player, but um Mazuaku also shouldn't be just yeah, kicking, uh, pretty, kicking pretty him dumb. in the box. The, no the commentators kept saying how guilty Masawaku was. So I think, <laughs> he, I think was, he did look guilty. I think I think Masawaku actually sold it more than Salah. Salah didn't need to do anything. <laughs> Salah, Salah, Salah went down pretty hard for, for a very minimal touch. But yeah, it was a bit of a strange um, decision from Masawaku with like a minute to go in the half when they're, they're in the lead and, and sort of holding on. Pretty okay and, and pretty comfortably. Um, so really, it was yeah. an odd decision by Masuaku, and and I think that's that's what it comes down to, isn't it? It's like the uh, Fabinho one, um, you know, the a week ago or a week or two ago, whatever it was. Like, you know, uh, it's it's a very line ball call, but you just don't sort of make that decision when you're a defender in the box, and and you could apply the same thing to Masuaku. You just don't, you just don't do that when you're a defender in the box, uh, because you yeah. give the attacker an opportunity to do that. Um, but boys, what did we think about the the other incident in the game, the um, the disallowed goal with um, Ogbonna 
and uh, and and Mane charging in and and having that uh, first shot of goal disallowed. Was there was there much in that? Do you think? Uh, I think I think. Uh... Uh, because Mane took down Ogbonna in the slide and then Ogbonna couldn't get up, um, I think they had to call it a, a foul. I, I think if if Ogbonna didn't go down and he just sort of slid into the keeper, uh, Fabianski, um, I think they probably would have let it go because Jota would have probably scored anyway. But I think um, just because he took the defender down and he couldn't couldn't make the second challenge, then... Um, yeah, it was probably probably a fair one, I thought. But it was an interesting one. Like um, a lot of a lot of permutations and a lot of um, you know, well, if he got up and he could have got this. So yeah, I think ultimately they got it right. But um, yeah, it it um, it was a tight one. It's interesting when you listen to it, depending on which commentators you listen to it, because I mean, I don't know what you, who you had at your end, uh, George. But we had Peter Drury and Jim Beglin for this one, and. And and they were just focusing on the offside and and was Jota onside and was was he put onside by the fact that Og Bonner had touched it and oh. then the and then the discussion changed to uh, could you could you adjudicate and say that there was a deliberate touch from him or was he just shielding the ball and then finally it sort of got to a conversation about Mane fouling Og Bonner whereas <laughs> yeah yeah right the, the, the very first thing I saw when I watched it is I thought I, I instinct, was instinctively offside? yeah I, I didn't think he was it was a goal because I thought Mane had, had committed a foul not necessarily on Og Bonner but on the keeper yeah I so, originally thought the keeper as well but he so kind of, yeah that's what I thought so it was yeah. a strange one it was a strange one but I, I think ultimately the right decision and um Jesse just on uh Diogo Jota He's got a. Has he, he got a start going forward? Uh, you mean Diogo? Diogo um, yeah, or, or Diogo Maradona, as we're starting to call him. Um, oh. <laughs> um, it's 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 brilliant to see a player hit the ground running. Um, I mean, we've just been talking about how promising uh, Ziyech looks after a couple of games. Um, that's all you want when you get a player coming to the club who's got a, a, a good reputation as. Uh, a lot of players that we've they've come into our club, like um, Cater and Minamino, have really struggled to hit the ground running at the same speed as they have in other teams. And you sort of get annoyed and you, you worry, is it is it them? Is it our system? Well, Jota just seems to have just slotted into our system seamlessly. Um, and it's just great to see because he's the one stepping up in these games where, where Mane and Salah might not necessarily be in the, in the position. He's in the position. And, I mean... Let, Jota aside, let's just put some respect on that Shakiri pass because that was oh yeah. Who was the delicious. defender that just opened his legs oh. up? Oh, oh, it was it just abs- absolutely that- delicious. I mean, I'd, I'd open my legs up to that. Pass, <laughs> <laughs> you know what? That was that, that pass from Shakiri to Jota. If you go back and watch the the highlights for the uh, the Michelin Champions League game, that that pass that Shakiri to, to Jota was just a better version of of what they did against Michelin. It was the exact same play. Uh, so it looks like something they've been working on uh, in the training Backspin. grounds or something like Backspin that. Backspin on it. Oh my goodness! Now, boys, on that pass. How, how flat would you be as a defender if you if you if the front three was Jota, Mane, and Salah? Just they're never giving you any chance to rest, would they? Yeah, and Jota's actually can press quite well. And I know you've talked about this before, Jesse, on on the pod. Um, uh, yeah, he's. I mean. If anyone's dropping out of that front three, it's Firmino. And if anyone um, has has shown the ability to, to to sort of play in that pressing role, it, it's it's Jota. And and what he adds in in terms of his um, tactical and positional flexibility, it looks like he could he could really slot straight in there. I love players that just run and and just have like you know obviously we love watching Traore for for Wolves and those sort of players that just back themselves. 
Um, and the thing I like about Jota is that we have played so much side-to-side -side football in the last few weeks. It's it's pretty hard to watch at times. It's just side-to-side-to-side-to-side side to, side to, side to the fullbacks, and it can be you have to be very patient to watch it. But sometimes when Jota comes on, his directive is just to go. And there was one run last night. It was actually the lead-up to the to the disallowed goal where he must have run from the halfway line and just he had options on either side, but he just decided to just run, run, run to see how long it would take to the West Ham defenders would commit. And he's just, it's just exhilarating to watch. It's actually more like what Salah was like when he first came to the club, just backed himself to, to, to beat people on the outside. So, yeah, it's exciting to, to watch him and, and it's going to do him a world of good considering that um, he's just started playing for Portugal as well. So he's starting to represent his country as well. And 23, he's got a big, big career ahead of him um, and, and a pretty high ceiling. So uh, we'll be one to watch. Uh, Jesse, just before we move on, um, just wanted to get your thoughts. Obviously, Liverpool have just come off um, back to the midweek Champions League game and they're going off to play another one and we've had early international breaks. Um, well, what's this What's this doing to, to the players uh, during this period of COVID and uh, sort of, you know, the, the increased numbers that we're seeing in Europe? What, what are your thoughts on that? Well, as a person who avidly listens to this pod, even when I'm not on it, um, I remember somebody mentioning last week that uh, they always love a good rant from me about the international break and, and, and yeah, we'll bite. I will bite. Um, <laughs> I, I fucking there hate the international break. And I'm, I hate it at the best of times, but I can kind of understand if, it's, if you're qualifying for the Euros or something. All teams have qualified for the Euros. All we're playing for now is the stupid fucking Nations League and we're in the middle of a pandemic and we've done really well to create these bubbles within our countries and to keep games alive. And now that you've got countries like the UK and others going into lockdown, football is going to be what gets you through. And you jeopardise that by getting people to fly back to their home countries in the middle of a season under questionable um, medical quarantine. Like, basically, you, you no, don't well, have they, control. They can't quarantine. So yeah, yeah and exactly. Yeah. And you don't have any control over what happens at their end. It's those footballing yeah. bodies that are in control of that. So you've lost your visibility on what's going on. So I just think it's just ridiculous that we've got that happening. I mean, where it's hairy enough playing Champions League and Europa League where you have to fly in and fly out at the same time, basically wearing your boots. Um, yeah, it's it's hairy enough doing that, let alone the stupid international break. So uh, it can go get fucked as far as I'm concerned. I did, hear a theory, I did hear a theory that with all cities in lockdown, it actually will be safer for the footballers because they don't have to interact with anyone outside of the, the football bubble. So... Maybe, maybe, maybe there'll be well, less. Certain players on uh, internationals. Are you are you ruling out Icelandic Instagram uh, influencers? <laughs> They're in the bubble, surely. Surely they yeah. get an exception. They do. I mean, you, you, key workers, boys. Key workers. <laughs> Manchester City boys were made to work at Bramall Lane um, with a goal uh, from Sheffield old boy Kyle Walker uh, giving City the points in this one. Sheffield now just one point from seven games and over seven hours without a goal at Bramall Lane. Uh, we spoke about Burnley just before, um, you know, us having confidence that uh, Deitch would get it together. Um, and we've spoken already uh, this season about... Um, about Sheffield and, and our faith in Chris Wilder. Uh, is the faith still there, Jesse? Well, I mean, I just want to just take you back a step and just sort of talk about COVID exceptions to um, people coming over to your house. And it was a great segue to Kyle Walker. Um, <laughs> but, <Yep. laughs> yeah. but um, yeah, going back to Sheffield, I mean, 
similar story in a way to what's going on with Burnley where the, the, the coach is actually sort of looking at the results and thinking we could be getting more out of this. But I think what was different about this result, particularly because they're playing against such a, uh, an attacking team like City, is that, you you know, I think it was about 40, 40 minutes in and Ramsdale's palms were just stinging. He was just copping <laughs> it left, right and centre. It's not one of those games where you could say, Oh, um, on the balance of play, both teams had their chances. It wasn't yeah, until yeah, Lund- yeah. Lundstrom actually had a go in the second half, and well, he was on the he was on the bench. So mm. that's an interesting so. one from Wilder, just because I, obviously he's not signed the, he's not signing a new contract, so it seemed like a bit of bit of punishment because of that. And then he had to bring him on because they couldn't couldn't mount any attack, and then he had that shot mm. in the second half. So yeah, no, it's just it's not enough from them, not enough for them at this level, but insane that they have played against a couple of teams in the last couple of weeks, which you wouldn't expect them to beat. I, I, no one would have expected them to necessarily beat City last night. So the real test is now, um, and is, is, is can they actually start beating some of the teams they should beat? Because, I mean, I think the one result that uh, would have hurt them uh, in recent times would be the loss to Fulham, uh, sorry, to, um, to Leeds uh, at home. Yeah, that hurts. And uh, Brewster Watch, boys, what did we think? It's not really up to much at the moment, is he, Colts? So yeah. I mean, he, oh. he, he didn't really have a lot of chances. Um, there was that one, was, yeah, yeah. But uh, I mean, he, he did a little bit more than the uh, than the other game that he's featured in. Um, but yeah, maybe slowly, 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 uh, and and he'll 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 settle into to what Wilder wants him to do, which is to what's going what's going to happen first. You know, is is Damo <laughs> going to go into an absolute meltdown, or is Brewster going to score? Because it's it's neck and neck at the moment. Uh, I reckon probably Damo goes into meltdown before Brewster, get, Brewster gets that goal. He's on notice. That's not a bad <laughs> shout. Um, and just, I mean, we, we uh, last season talked a lot about uh, Sheffield's um, overlapping centre-backs. But, boys, I want to I talk about uh, some City tactics. I, I've been noticing in a few of their games recently their uh, their wing-backs have been sort of tucking in. They've, they've, they've got inverted wing-backs, boys. Um, have you noticed this with the likes of Kyle Walker and now Joao Cancelo uh, getting into those sort of central positions as well. What, what do we think about that? Well, Kyle Walker was going on in interviews about how his sort of role has slightly changed. He's no longer a right back per se. He sort of sometimes plays that sort of that, that third centre back and then the, the, the tucked in the tucked in defender. So, um, yeah, I, I agree with you there, Colby. Pep's doing a few things and he has to because I think, uh, without Aguero, there's still sort of, you know, if Aguero was playing, I think they probably would have won three, four nil. But now, now they're only winning one nil. They're, they're creating a lot of chances. But Sterling, Sterling can be hit and miss sometimes. I know he scores a lot of goals, but um, he still sort of often take requires a lot of chances to score. So, yeah, he's Pep's trying a few things for sure. The other, the other thing that's been suggested uh, for City in terms of um, their their goal scoring uh, ability, especially with Aguero and Gabby Jesus injured, it comes from uh, John on Twitter. He, he just pointed out that Micah Richards uh, has suggested that Man City should look at Daniel Sturridge as a short term fix for their centre forward woes. Um, Jesse, what, what what do you think about this? I've got a very rich IPA that I'm drinking, and um, <laughs> it's hard to tell if it's a little bit of reflux from that or it's just general generally <laughs> vomit that I, I just got. Um, Sturridge playing for City again would be disgusting. Get Sturridge um, back. Get him back. <laughs> it would be disgusting. I reckon um, they'd be better to pick up maybe uh, Sebastian Allier from, from West Ham or something. Um, maybe uh, maybe someone who's unproven. Uh, although, although, <laughs> sorry, sorry, actually, no. Pep, 
exclusively signs players that are already proven. Sorry. So. I actually think I, that, I, I don't um, mind that little drive-by about Hello there because he, he was he was dog shit. He was dog shit. He was anonymous, uh, absolutely yes. anonymous for West Ham yeah, this yeah. week. Yeah, if so. we can go back to that. I actually think that Sturridge would suit City insofar as they're just a team full of glass cannons, injury-prone <laughs> glass cannons. So, I mean, he'd, he'd fit right into to that mold, that's for sure. Um, but just before we do move on, I think the most important question about this game has to be, boys. What is up with uh, all of the teams' warm-up trackies this season? Like, have have a look at these. We've we've got some we've got some up in the um in in the broadcast for, for anyone that's listening on the podcast version. Um, but like some of these some of these are shocking. I know we have kit chat from time to time, but these you know the the Sheffield and Man City warm-up tops were just absolutely shocking. Yeah, that's disgusting. And the um the Sheffield one looks like an apron. Um, so. so. It's a or, or a waiter. It's a waiter. If 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 we put our sort of you know capitalist hats on, boys, um, it's it's just a pure pure grab for another revenue stream. I think with the uh, with the no crowds, they're, they're just trying to they're just trying to take take in a little bit more money. Um, uh, and if that is the focus, then maybe they should spend a bit more time on the designs. But if I yeah, if I was putting my capitalist hats on, uh, <laughs> I would just make them good. <laughs> yeah, exactly. If I wanted them to sell. They've only done half the job, Cole. They've only done nice. half. The, they've brushed. <laughs> they've brushed them out. <laughs> okay, boys. Uh, final game uh, of the weekend so far: uh, Wolves and Crystal Palace. So Wolves uh, have moved up into third spot now um, with a pretty regulation win over over Palace. Um, it's it's their best start to a top flight season since seventy nine eighty. Um, so a long time since Wolves. How, have been how did they go in that there. year, Cole? Seven match days. Um, couldn't tell you. Couldn't tell <laughs> you. Uh, but what I, what I can say is that after seven match days in 79, they were, they were at least third. So, um, like it. you know, make of that what you will. Uh, and and we can we can have a full report on that that season in a future pod um, for those interested. Um, but they they do they do look to be building a bit of depth, Jesse. I know you said this before. Um, you had young eight Nori, the 19 year old uh, wing back from Angers. Um, scoring his first goal on debut, which was pretty pretty nicely taken, little goal um, into the into the ground as well. Boys, what what do you make of Wolves? Yeah, I, I think they've they've done well to um, uh, integrate uh, the potents started playing in um, uh, from from the restart. So I think I think he's been a, a real good inclusion, and uh, Neto as well, who's been playing alongside Jimenez. So. I think that's actually worked, and you're seeing less and less of Traore, which is which is interesting because you wouldn't have thought that would have been the case, and and they've managed to re- replace Jota um, on the run, which is which is pretty good, and uh, yeah, they're pretty impressive. Um, I think as long as Jimenez stays, they're they're always going to be in games because he can, as we've seen in the last few weeks, he's he can come up with goals out of nothing. So uh, yeah, pretty impressive. There's, there's something got to be going on with the Traore situation because you can't be basically the best player for your club last season and then just just basically fall into the back. Like people talking about how he, he was going to have to play deep because they'd lost Do- Doherty, but they'd always lined up another replacement like Tomato. So Tomatoes come in I, and he can I, do I, that. I, yeah. I don't really, I don't really understand why they've got Traore coming on in games in the 70, 75th minute. I mean, he's moved past that as a as a player as, as far as his value, surely. So there's got to be something happening on the training pitch where um, Nuno is not happy with with what he's seen. So he's not getting the start. They're, they've not only replaced um, Traore and and um, 
and Doherty, as you, as you say, boys, but, um, you know, they've replaced uh, Johnny, who was injured as well. Like, they seem to, they've got, like, two two basically starting quality uh, wingbacks now as well, in addition to sort of um, filling in that, that Jota spot with Perenz, Um all happening pretty seamlessly. For, for a team that has been so settled, um, and basically they were one of the teams in the past couple of seasons that had the fewest changes to them, um, to come out and, and just have that kind of depth and, and have these changes happen so seamlessly is a, is a real credit to Nuno. Points in the bank, though. This is something I've been sort of going on and on about the uh, last couple of weeks is that any points you get at the sta- stage of the season are going to be vital um, for these three or four Decembers that we've been talking about that are coming up. Um, Wolves are going to be under the pump in the next month because they're, they're playing. I think their fixture schedule turns uh, is quite harsh coming up so they need to win these games particularly at home against Palace and those sort of teams because they're going to need those points in the bank. Credit, All credit goes to Nuno so he's um, uh, and yeah just, just keep, keep on rolling Wolves keep on rolling. And boys there, there's still a, a quite a few games to go um, in this match day um, we've got Leeds, Leicester, Fulham, West Brom, Spurs, Brighton, uh, United, Arsenal which uh, you know at least on paper stands to be the big one uh, Newcastle, Everton, and Villa, Southampton. Uh, what will you be watching, George? Uh, I'll, I'll definitely be watching. Um, I think uh, Le- Leeds and Leicester, and uh, I think that'll be a pretty, pretty, pretty exciting game. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll bank, bank on some goals in that one, boys. I think there, there should be some. There should be some goals in that one, and then obviously the uh, the, the battle of the former greats, uh, Arteta v Solskjaer. Um, Although I did hear an interesting theory about uh, this, the Man U Arsenal game, which was like both teams seem to really like to counterattack. So, what the hell are they going to do when they're playing against each other? Because are they just going to be standing in their own arms? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> no one wants to take the, the kick off. No one wants to take the kick. <laughs> it's the, the Spider Man gif. <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> yeah, that's a good yeah. point. It's I'm not one. predicting too many goals for that one, boys. Yeah, because um, yeah. Arsenal have been um, quite defensive by their own standards recently. And, um, yeah, and, and United seem to just be getting all their goals um, out of the system uh, midweek. So, yeah. surely that, they don't have too many more to come. They're, surely they're putting all their eggs in the Champions League basket to try and win That's it. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, no, I think those two are the, the games. Uh, what about you, boys? So, you know, I know it's a long. I know, oh, is it a lot? Are you guys having the the Monday off, or it's? A, I know there's there's a bit of a Melbourne Cup vibe in back I've home. I've taken it off. I've taken yes, it off. George. Nice. So I'll be I'll be watching a, a couple of the fixtures tonight. I'm I'm interested to see um, uh, how Villa go against Southampton because Villa, um, you know, everyone last week was talking about them like the Galacticos, but they've finally uh, shown that they're human with uh, Hattrick Bamford taking them down last week. So. Um, yeah, I reckon it'd be interesting to see how they bounce back. One of the things we we noticed last week was that Grealish and a, a, they all looked a bit shell shocked um, going down against Leeds, and they didn't really uh, react to the adversity of going down um, very well. They've sort of had everything that, their, their way up until that point. So um, I'll be interested to see how they go against Southampton, who just look like they could just pull any result out of the bag. They they are either awful yeah. or they're fantastic. <laughs> You probably and, know they're going to lose from the from the tenth minute, or, or whether they're going to win or not. But yeah, exactly. Um, and Newcastle, Everton as well. Um, Newcastle just keep. I don't know. I just don't know how they keep doing it, but they keep managing to find results. And um, Everton look a little depleted if if Harmis doesn't start, which uh, yeah. we're talking about off here. Um, Colbs, um, is Ancelotti telling the truth this week? <laughs> I don't. I don't trust him. Don't trust him. <laughs> 
I think I think uh, you know I would not be surprised to see Hummers uh, either on the bench or in the in the starting lineup um, based on past uh, past performance. I've been burned before by Ancelotti. Do we think? Um, um, do we think? Uh, just as a on that, do 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 we back Everton to to win? Uh, you know, back Everton to win big games without Hummers or? Not saying well, this is an absolute massive game, but he, he seems so critical to them already. He's only been there a few weeks, and and it seems like the stat that's actually going around, boys, is that um, Everton haven't won a game um, without Richarlison in the team since Richarlison came over from Watford. So that's actually the big one coming around. That the the big hoodoo that they're looking to shake. So wow, um, yeah, that, that's one to watch because um, Richarlison won't be uh, featuring in this game. On suspension still, so 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 Richarlison is like the equivalent for Everton. He plays in that sort of position where Mane plays, and then you've got Dean who plays in that position that Robertson plays. So when you take out the equivalent of Mane, um, it really just it really just throws Dean, and then Dean's not even playing this week, so um, that's going to hurt. Because I mean, if you had Hamas out, but you still had Luca Dean, you'd think that they could still get some uh, some crosses in the box. Delivery, yeah. When you have both of them out the same week, I mean, who's going to whip them in? It's comedy. Calvin Lewin may as well not show up. Yeah. <laughs> he's just standing there, just <laughs> a false nine. Yeah. Yeah. Um, is, um, is Coleman even playing this week? That was the other thing because I thought Coleman was also under an injury cloud. But uh, yeah, we'll okay, see. boys. Um, well, that, that's that's probably going to do it for Premier League uh, for this podcast. Uh, still to come, Champions League group stage match day two. Uh, Champions League. So uh, this week, uh, plenty, plenty of action. Four of the Premier League teams uh, scored an aggregate of 14 goals to nil this week, which is which is pretty massive uh, for English teams, uh, especially given the recent performances. Uh, boys, what fixture uh, out of this this sort of week's match day caught your eye? Uh, I think the Man U result, the uh, Leipzig, was was a bit of a shock. For mine, I know they were, they were sort of. Uh, it was, it was. Um, a lot of the goals came after the seventy fifth minute, essentially from uh, Rashford's hat trick, the seventy fourth, seventy eighth, and the ninety second, and Martial's the eighty seventh minute. But um, to to beat Leipzig five nil is pretty impressive. And and Man U at top of their group ahead of PSG and Leipzig. So I think at the start of the at the start when the draw was made, you, you kind of thought Man U might might even slip in third, but. They look like with with the two wins against the the two big rivals, it's it's pretty impressive. I can I can uh, really empathise with Leipzig because um, I've recently purchased FIFA twenty one, and um, if you've tried to defend in that game, you'll understand pretty quickly that um, the minute that you try and play any kind of football, you're down five 0 almost immediately. <laughs> um, so I'm I'm kind of stuck in Div three and, and not really going any further at this point in FIFA twenty one because um, some you know little twelve year old in Brazil's um, just smacking in goals. Um, so there's some, certainly some um, some crossovers there. But uh, I think uh, Tommy raised a good point early in the week. He was talking about are these teams that actually have a go, the ones that um, uh, Manu and that sort of excel against because they can actually get behind them and um, and they're exposed. Well, 
yes. And, and when you've got a player like Rashford, who's um, who's just when he's at his best is so clinical. Um, I yeah, I, I think that they you might be right, Colbs. They might have used all their their goals up midweek, but um, I, I fancy Rashford at the moment. He looks like a man in form. And Jesse, which uh, which game stood out to you this week? Uh, I mean, I, I watched the Liverpool one most closely, obviously, and uh, and and I noticed obviously the Chelsea result too, which would have been a um, you would have been a happy man with that, George. So yeah, um, uh, I wasn't. Yeah. They, they really they rolled out that third kit again, so uh, my eyes are still recovering from from that. I think um, mainly because I was watching the same group, uh, the Ajax uh, giving up two goals uh, was quite significant. It could prove to be very significant um, in the at the end of it at that group because, um, yeah, they were 2-0 away from home against Atlanta and ended up drawing 2 all. And what, what will that mean at the end of the group? It would be very interesting to see if that, that point um, is the difference for one of those teams. Yeah, we will we will um, get your predictions on uh, who's going to go through or not to the round of sixteen in a minute, boys. No, no particular game really stood out to me this week. Obviously, there are a few interesting results. Um, I actually thought the City Marseille game. Um, some of the defending from from Marseille. I there was a there was a bloke from Marseille in the first goal that City scored, and this is the biggest case of traffic cone defending I think I've seen in a very, very long time in uh, the, the Champions League or, or, you know, a top a top quality football competition. So that 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 stood out to me as, I guess, a moment in the game. Um, but also a couple of the um, couple of the European stadiums that had fans in them um, stood out to me as well. So, like, a really different vibe. Yeah. Um, we're, now, yeah. we're getting so used to watching these games with, you know, no fans and crowd noise or you can just hear like Lampard swearing on the sidelines or something like that. And, and, you know, to, to, to have these games in the champions league where there looks like, you know, there's 10 or 20,000 people in the, in the stadium is just, just crazy. I actually had a, a funny thought while watching the, uh, the Krasnodar Chelsea game. So uh, obviously in Russia, but um, if you had a look at the, the, the image of the actual pitch, it dead set looked like Amy Park. Like it's got the same green seats and the same sort of distance between the, the um the seats and the, and the ground uh, it, it was I, I was doing a double take there were fans as well actually but yeah really if, so if you different, have a, different from Amy Park then yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> Man, unless there was unless there was any empty um cup with, 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 a, with, a, with a slight bit of great northern half percentage residue in it <laughs> how many sea, how many seagulls were there at <laughs> yeah I walked into that one <laughs> uh, and boys. Just, just looking ahead though, um, what are you, what are you looking forward to for next week? Because obviously the, um, the, the matches in the group stage are still coming through thick and fast with uh, match day three coming up next week. Uh, George, what, what are you looking forward to next week? Um, just having a, a quick look at the the, the, the fixtures. Um, I think that you've got your, you've got Atalanta and Liverpool. I think which is going to be a pretty exciting game. Um, given how Atalanta attack and, and Liverpool attack. So uh, there should be some goals in that one. Um, boys, I don't know how comfortable you are facing Atalanta, but they're, they've, 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 they've looked uh, like they've been informed the last uh, few months since the restart as well. Yep, good point. I think Raul, uh, Raul Madrid enter. It could yep. be spicy. And if you have a look, have a look at their wrong. group at the moment. So you've got Shakhtar. Leading the leading the group on four points, uh, Borussia Mönchengladbach, who got the draw against Real Madrid on two, Inter on two, and Real Madrid on one. So it's almost like a must win for Real Madrid already. 
Yeah, amazing Dortmunds in that third position as well. A few, um, a few of the group boys. We've just we've just got that up on the screen now. A few of the groups looking a, a bit interesting. Uh, in particular, uh, Group B with Real Madrid um, after two match days, sitting in uh, last on one point, and then you've got Inter on on in third with with two points. So, as you said, Jesse, that match um, between Inter spicy. and spicy. Yeah, very very spicy. Um, group and, H. Group H should be good if, if Leipzig um, could decide not to be a doormat next time. Um, <laughs> I mean, that, that had all the, the makings of a great group. Um, but, yeah. Yeah, man, you're running away with it. And, boys, which which team do you think uh, is going to be a surprise pack to go through? Oh, good question, Colby. Um, I, think, I think you've got to say at the moment, um, well, I think Atalanta uh, going in ahead of Ajax, I would, I would actually say. I don't know if that's too much of a surprise, but uh, I, I would say they're odds on to, to get out of that group along with Liverpool. I wonder if Lazio might sneak through. Uh, I, I, know, I know that seems a bit strange considering that, you know, Dortmund should jump above Club, Club Brugge. But, um, yeah, I think it's, when was the last time we saw Lazio um, through to the, the knockout stages? Yeah, no, it's been a while. It's been a while. Um, uh, Immobile is just uh, in, in serious form, so... I think with him firing, they should get through. And um, teams that won't go through, boys, um, what are we thinking? Obviously, Real Madrid um, come to mind in in last position. Can they can they peg it back? I think, uh, yeah. I mean, if, if pulling their group up again, but like if Shakhtar, if Shakhtar are, are, are going to get through, then it's one of Real Madrid or Inter that are not going to make it. So, um, and 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 uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I think. I think the, the pressure, would, it would be interesting to see what happens. If Inter don't make it, then, then the pressure is just going to mount and mount on Conte again because of another failure in Champions League. And if Real Madrid don't make it, then all hell will break loose. So, Well, we've got a question on that, boys. Uh, Joshua Watson on Twitter asks, is Dan under pressure after two disappointing games in the Champions League? So he's not even contemplating at the moment that Madrid won't go through. But um, what do you think the, uh, the pressure would be like at the moment on Zidane? He could be Zidane. After um after the group's completed, that's for sure. Um, yeah, you can't. I mean, it, it, as much of a legend as he is, you can't you can't get knocked out with that group, and um and get away with it when it comes to that club. They're about as unforgiving as you get. Well, I mean, because because they they won the Clasico, it sort of it sort of got the wolf sort of staved the wolves off a little bit in terms of the pressure. But yeah, it'll they'll just come straight back if uh, if they don't qualify. That's for sure. Yeah, they're one of the, one of those clubs, aren't they? And and for good reason. Um, their their fans and their owners expect them to win everything. And um, if they're not even going through to the round of sixteen, and and the likes of Muchen Gladbach and um, and Shakhtar Donetsk are going through ahead of them, it's um yeah, it's gonna be gonna be trouble for Zidane, I think. And uh, maybe it's just a bored fraud, boys. One of many. Uh, match day three of the Champions League group stage will continue uh, on Tuesday and Wednesday this week and we'll, of course, be covering it on the podcast. Uh, thanks again for listening, everybody. Um, if you've enjoyed the show today, uh, we'd love it if you could give us a review on Apple Podcasts. Um, it's not only great to know what you think of the pod, but also helps us get found ahead of that weird basketball podcast that stopped doing eps back in 2015. <laughs> uh, you can also follow us on Twitter, Facebook and subscribe to our YouTube channel uh, for the video version of this pod, which drops about a day before the pod comes out. Uh, links to all of those are in the show notes. Next week, match day eight. Until then, enjoy the football.